Hello and welcome once again to the Main Point Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Giles. And Tracy Giles. And today we're going to continue our teaching, Biblical Giving, and this is part six. Biblical Giving, part six. And as usual, we're going to continue down the road of discussing tithing, which is a practice that's been around for literally thousands of years. Tithing is simply defined as the giving of 10% of something, either voluntarily or involuntarily. It's not necessarily money for the ancient Hebrew people practiced the giving of crops, land, and animals. Now today we look at tithing as the giving of 10% of money. And if you're really scrupulous about it, you believe that this 10% should be based upon the gross of a person's income and not necessarily the net of such income. Now a few of the questions that we've been considering throughout this study are, number one, under what circumstances are we required to tithe today? Number two, could the federal and state income tax be considered a type of tithe? Number three, do churches that require its members to tithe be considered a type of membership fee? Number four, does the Bible specifically command that a tithe be given to a church? Number five, was tithing as described in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy a type of taxation system? Number six, is tithing required for everyone or only for Christians? Is it also for Jews? Is it for Catholics? Or is it for everyone? And number seven, which text of scripture teaches mandated tithing versus voluntary giving? We're going to seek to answer these and other questions, not by listening to the various voices in the Christian community, but by diligently searching the scriptures as the Bereans did in the book of Acts, where it states, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Acts 17, 11. So today we're going to look at the book of Hebrews chapter 7 verses 1 through 10 and I'd like to state up front that this is only the second time in the Bible, that, well in the New Testament for that matter, that tithing is, is mentioned. Um, it's mentioned here in Hebrews chapter 7 and it's also mentioned in the book of Matthew chapter 23 verses 23 through 24 which is synoptic with Luke chapter 11 verse 42 and we covered that on our previous podcast biblical giving part five so if you want to go back and look at listen to that and get a breakdown of that we encourage you to do so so hebrews chapter 7 verses 1 through 10. for this melchizedek king of salem priest of the most high god who met abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him to whom also abraham gave a tenth part of all first being translated king of righteousness and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God remains a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed, those who are the sons of Levi who received the priesthood have a commandment to receive tithes from people according to the law. That is from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Even Levi, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak. For he was also, I'm sorry, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. What is being taught in this verse? Um, 
Well, quite a few things are being taught. I just want to point out again that this is the only second, only the second time tithing is mentioned in the New Testament. So that's a very important point for us to understand. But the first thing that's being taught here is that Melchizedek had a type of priesthood that was greater than the Levitical priesthood that this audience is accustomed to. So you had a Hebraic audience. That's why the book is called Hebrews. And they're used to that Levitical temple, uh, second temple um, priesthood that was going on during the time of Jesus and subsequent to Jesus' death. So they were used to that. So his point was to show that Melchizedek's priesthood was even superior to theirs. Now the Levitical priesthood came as a result of the Old Covenant law, which was temporary. But the Melchizedek's priesthood came prior to the law and is eternal. There's a difference. Now to drive home this point even further, the writer points out the fact that Melchizedek was greater than even Abraham, the progenitor of the Hebraic Jewish race of people. This is based on the scriptural fact that Abraham gave Melchizedek a tithe of the spoils of war as a result of being blessed first by Melchizedek. And according to the text, the lesser is blessed by the better or the greater. And since the Levitical priests were the descendants of Abraham and not Melchizedek, they too paid tithes to and received a blessing from Melchizedek, so to speak, according to verse 9 through 10, which reads as follows. Even Levi who received tithe, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. This by default would make the Levites, like their ancestor Abraham, lesser than Melchizedek as well. Now the additional point that's being made in this section of scripture is that not only is Melchizedek's priesthood greater than that of the Levites, but his priesthood is eternal in nature and unlike the Levitical priesthood because of because the text says in verse 3 Melchizedek is without father without mother without genealogy having neither beginning of days nor end of life but made like the son of God or uh, and he remains a priest forever so Melchizedek's priesthood unlike the Levites is an eternal priesthood okay it doesn't end and the thing that is eternal has no beginning has no ending but it's simply constant. The Levitical priesthood, however, did not have did have a beginning because it was initiated in the law of the Old Covenant. And it also has an ending, with the initiation of that ending being the New Covenant. Now the final and ultimate point that is being made here is that Jesus is our high priest of the New Covenant, according to the order and priesthood of Melchizedek, and is therefore eternal and far greater than the Old Covenant priesthood of the Levites, which has passed away, it's disappeared, it literally has become obsolete. This was a new concept that this writer's audience had to grasp because they were used to the Levitical priesthood, as I mentioned earlier, under the Old Covenant. He emphasizes this point right before the beginning of chapter 7 and chapter 6, verse 19 through 20, when he says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And he emphasizes it even more in chapter 8, verse 7 through 13, when he says, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. 
not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant. And I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their, righteous, to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that he says, a new covenant he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Is Hebrews 7, 1 through 10 designed to teach us to tithe? Not at all. As previously stated, tithing was only mentioned in this section of scripture to show the difference between the person who paid the tithe and the person who received the tithe. The difference being that the one receiving the tithe was greater than the one paying it. It's only used to illustrate this point, not to create some mandate to tithe to a local church or ministry. Now, the order of greatness is illustrated in the text as follows. Number one, Melchizedek received tithes from Abraham. Number two, the Levites descended from Abraham. Number three, the Levites paid tithe to Melchizedek through Abraham. Number four, the Levites received tithe from the people. So you see an order there. Therefore, in this order, Melchizedek is the greatest in this hierarchy. And Christ's priesthood is also greater than that of the Levites because his priesthood is in the order of Melchizedek. So if we're going to assist that this is designed to teach tithing, we must be consistent with the text and pay the tithe not to the pastor not to the church or ministry, but to Christ, who is our high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Now these tithes, however, like in the case of Abraham, must be from the spoils of war, which is what the text says only. Now good luck trying to calculate that out practically and financially. What do you find these spoils of war? Based on the text, what are some key points we can take from this study as it relates to giving? Well, as we wrap up, the key points are as follows. Number one, we should recognize Christ alone as our high priest under the new covenant and not any Levitical, Jewish, Catholic, or any other priesthood for that matter. Only Christ is our high priest. The second point is the Levitical, the Levitical priesthood ended with the initiation of the new covenant. It's no longer in existence. Number three, Christ's priesthood is eternal as that of Melchizedek's is eternal. Number four, Christ's priesthood is greater than the Levitical priesthood as, as that of Melchizedek's is greater than that of the Levitical priesthood. And number seven, and the final point and the main point, I think is Hebrews chapter seven, verses one through 10 wasn't written to teach the importance or need for tithing, but to teach the previously mentioned four points about the priesthood of Christ and, and his role in the new covenant and how we can come to him to get forgiveness for our sins. And with that being said, we're going to wrap up this here particular episode, which is Biblical Giving Part 6. I hope you enjoyed it. hope you have a deeper understanding. Look forward to getting back in Biblical Giving Part 7 as we discuss further scriptures in the New Testament as it relates to giving. I'm your host, Stephen Giles. And Tracy Giles. Have a blessed one.